Well, Merry Christmas to you, Pillar, and with the church around the world, we can now say joy to the world and peace on earth because Jesus came. He came to what was his own. And for those who believe in his name, he gives us power to become children of God. So Merry Christmas. And while we're here, I wonder if you find it strange, funny even, that as we wrap up a year that will surely be in the history books, with futures uncertain, relationships strained, finances questioned, and even hope hidden, if you're a Christian, we don't put our hope in any of those things. No, if you're a Christian, what you believe in is the name of God and the words that he has spoken to us here in this book. So listen. After eight days had passed, it was time to circumcise the child, and he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Spirit of God was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. And guided by the Spirit, Simeon entered the temple, and when the parents brought in the child to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and began praising God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which has been prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation of the Gentiles, and for glory to your people, Israel. The child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him, Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher, She was of great age, having lived with her husband for seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had finished everything required of them by the law of the Lord, They returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A week or so ago, I was talking to a classmate of mine. We were in the seminary library just down the street from Pillar, We'd just gotten done with virtual chapel, now masked up, distanced, and wearing latex gloves as we scanned through old books while we were writing our final papers. 
looking for a distraction, I asked him how the season of Advent had been going for him. He took some time and told me that he'd actually been having a hard time that it, remembering that it even was Advent, not so much because of the busyness or even because of the strange times we're in, but because he just wasn't sure what he was waiting for. The assumption is that we're waiting for the change that Emmanuel will bring, but he wasn't confident that there was any reason to expect change. And it it didn't seem like he was being cynical, but he was just honestly stating how he felt. I appreciate that conversation, and I don't know what Advent was like for you or how your Christmas time is going, but I do think it important to reflect on those questions. Asking similar questions, what fruition, what fulfillment, what change has taken place for you who have been waiting so diligently for the Lord's Messiah? And if we happen to see each other in the near future, I would love to hear from you. This part of the story, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 21 through 40, a lot takes place. In the beginning, the child is nameless, eight days old, uncircumcised, and by the end, the baby Jesus is returning from Jerusalem with Mary and Joseph. He's growing strong, having fulfilled everything required of him by the law of the Lord. The law of the Lord, this theme is worth paying attention to. It shows up six times in this brief part of the story. Jesus is said to be the fulfillment of the law of the Lord. And the more I read it, the more I wish I could step into this story and pleasantly remind everyone that Jesus actually hasn't done anything yet. He's done nothing on his own that would suggest that he's destined for anything other than the normal lives that you and I inhabit. But maybe that's just how we think. In our minds, we're only destined for fulfillment if we go out and grab it defined by the nice things that we have or the places we go. What I do is who I am. Meanwhile, Jesus Christ, by simply being, has changed the world. Before anything that this child is known for has been accomplished, the story tells us that something is happening, that something is changing, that this child is enough for us to say joy to the world and peace on earth simply by being. Maybe part of the good news this Christmas is that you too are enough. The recent graduate longing for any sense of direction, vulnerable, wondering what meaning your life might hold. The parents whose children recently left home, you're searching for meaning apart from the daily roles of providing. You who are wondering if anyone could love you. You're so sick of being lonely. You who are not even sure what you're waiting for. You, by virtue of being you, are enough and bring deep worth to this world. This Christmas good news is brought to us by the baby Jesus, the central figure of the cheer and the goodwill of the season. He brought long-awaited peace to Simeon, too, who waited in the temple and took him in his arms and praised God because he had finally seen God's salvation, a glorious light for the world. I wonder if you noticed that that's actually not all that he said. No, he actually has two separate announcements. 
and they differ greatly in both content and in tone. The first is addressed to anyone who would hear, and the second is addressed only to the baby Jesus' mother, Mary. It's almost as if to say, salvation is here, but there's something else you should know. Simeon says to Mary, this child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed. And I I get it, this is not the sort of thing that you're supposed to say as you're rocking someone's newborn baby back and forth. And contrary to Simeon's previous words, praising God, these are sobering words. This child for whom we so diligently waited for, the world is not ready to receive. The news that Jesus brings is so otherworldly, the kingdom that draws near so contrary to our way, our way, you know how Pastor John so often puts it, eye for eye, tit for tat, I can only get ahead if you fall behind. Power means domination and dialogue means who can talk the loudest. In this world where all we can seem to do is grow more divided, Simeon says this newborn baby, this bringer of peace will be assigned to be opposed. And I don't mean just as an us versus them. No, Simeon says it, and I believe it, that a sword will pierce your own soul too. This opposition is not just out there. It's in you too. Divided even in ourselves. The Apostle Paul in his letters talks about the spirit and the flesh and of earthly and heavenly citizenship. His point is not that our flesh, which has been created by and given life by God, is is bad or that the world that God so loved and gave himself for is something we should separate ourselves from. What Simeon is pointing to and what Paul echoes is that despite all of the waiting we've done, all the groaning of the world, the sighs too deep for words. Despite all of that, if we're honest, we're not ready for the one that we so desperately waited for. We're not ready because we know deep down that he will change things. We know deep down that we're not going to be able to continue in our own way, but told to follow in his way to respond And we might know something about what that response looks like. We who hold the Gospels of Jesus in this book know that the baby born in the manger will later be the crucified one. Friends, this is Christmas, and it's true that we're not ready, but this is not bad news. Rather, it further adorns the frame of the good news. Perhaps the real Christmas miracle is that God still comes. Ready or not, the one called Emmanuel is here. He came knowing we're not ready, and in a dramatic reversal of our understanding of Advent, it is God who is waiting for us. God in Jesus, patiently waiting. Nine months to be born, waiting to grow, to become strong. Thirty more years until his official ministry begins, waiting for death to take hold of him on the cross Three days in the grave, 2,000 more years as the head of the church, waiting for all things to be new. So, friends at Pillar, I want to suggest that the waiting we've done is mutual and that it's active. This story of God that we've heard today 
It warrants a response. As Simeon says, it's actually destined for a response, even if that response is polarizing. And the story tells us that this destined response includes your inner thoughts being revealed, a sword piercing your own soul. And I don't know about you, but at least part of me does not want this. Isn't it tempting to not respond, to remain silent, to keep our inner thoughts hidden, to leave deep shame unaddressed, to pretend things are okay, glossing over deep divisions, to only watch out for yourself, your family, your best interests, to do what we've always done, to meet God's invitation to respond with silence. Silence is tempting. Here's author Frederick Buechner on that silence. We sit in silence with one another, each of us more or less reluctant to speak for fear that if she does, she may sound like a fool. So either we do not speak, or we speak not to reveal who we are, but to conceal who we are, because words can be used either way, of course. We wear masks, and with practice, we do it better and better, and they serve us well, except that it gets very lonely inside the mask, because inside the mask that each of us wears, there is a person who both longs to be known and fears to be known. In this sense, every one of us is an island, separated from every other person by fathoms of distrust and duplicity. Part of what it means to be is to be you and not me. I don't mean to get too existential or too heavy while you're celebrating Christmas, but I don't think silence is what you want either. Wouldn't you rather let the light of salvation shine upon you to seek the one who promises the redemption of Jerusalem and of the entire world, all creation? Wouldn't you rather feel the peace that Simon felt when he said aloud, for my eyes have seen your salvation? No, you don't want silence. And when we consider this Christmas story, and we're only at the very beginning, not even to the end of the second chapter, what we're seeing up until this point are the different responses the world has to Jesus. Angels telling, shepherds retelling, Mary pondering, Simeon prophesying, Anna informing, they're all responding. Each person had something beautiful to say about Jesus, but nobody said it all. Everyone witnessed to something true about the Messiah, but nobody captured the whole truth. And so I have to ask, what will you say? You who have waited for and have received Emmanuel, who've tasted and seen of his salvation, how will you respond? You who as a church have been called a sign, a foretaste even of the kingdom, what will you do? As we look forward to a new year, how will you grow? Even Jesus himself had to grow to become strong. You don't have to say it all or do it all, but do you really want to remain in that silence? Because ready or not, the one called Emmanuel is here. God did not wait to draw near to us. This is the good news of Christmas. So how will you respond? In the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.